The following audio is from Maranatha Chapel, located in San Diego, California. For more information about Maranatha Chapel, please visit www.maranathachapel.org. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's another day's journey. I'm proud to be on the journey. Y'all proud to be on the journey? God is great and he is worthy to be praised. Hey, Ray, how you doing, man? We love you, man. And to the angel of this house, Pastor Daniel, I thank God for him. Uh, Pastor Ray Bentley and I, uh, just for years, we, we, we connected and had lunches and talked and talked about uh, doing things together. And, and now the Lord has opened that door. And I thank God for him. And I thank God for his son and, and the Maranatha family. Let's pray. Avino Malkainu, our father, our king. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yisrael, we honor you and we praise you and we bless your holy name. This is the day that you have made, and we're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. It's another day's journey. I'm proud to be on the journey. And I thank you for another opportunity that we can come together collectively as a body of believers to worship and praise and magnify all of your holiness, for you are the one who was who is and who is to come. We thank you, Lord, for that which you've done, that which you are doing, and that which you are yet to do. Hide this your servant now behind the shadow of your cross. Decrease me that you would increase and muffle my voice that yours would be heard. You teach as I talk. This is your servant's prayer in the matchless, self-sacrificing name of Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And we all would say, amen. amen. All right. So we, we uh, last night we started and I taught from the book of Malachi, the revelation of the Father's heart, revealing the Father's heart. And we're going to go this morning still talking about the Father. You know, a lot of times we talk about Yeshua. We know what Jesus did. We, we know he came from glory, clothed himself with humanity carried a rugged cross down the Via Della Rosa, the road of sorrows, was nailed to that cross at Golgotha. So we know what he did. And then he went to the Father and sent back the Ruach HaKodesh. If you hear me say Ruach HaKodesh, that's Hebrew for the Holy Spirit. You hear me say Yehovah, that's God the Father. You hear me say Yahshua, that's God the Son. You hear me say Yochanan the Immersa, that's John the Baptist. If you hear me say uh, Rabbi Shaul, I'm talking about Paul the Apostle in the Hebrew language. So we know that the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit now, has taken up residency within our hearts. So we know the triunity of God. But a lot of times we'll pray, and, and Yeshua taught his disciples to, to say the Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We got to find out what's going on in heaven so that we can do that right here on earth. And so, and, so, and so we're gonna extend this father talk this morning. Av call the father of us all. And if you would turn your, your swords to the church at Ephesus, that's the book of Ephesians. And Rabbi Shaul, Paul the Apostle, he wrote to the church at Ephesus. And at the church of Yeshua HaMashiach, we usually stand for the reading of God's holy word. If you're able to stand, please stand. But if not, you can remain seated. 
I want to start in chapter 4. Unity and diversity in the body of Christ. My main verses will be 4 through 6, but I want to start in verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, and just as you were called in, called to, one hope, at your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, that's Av Lakal, the Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in all. Let's stop there. All right, you may be seated. So as I'm on my way to heaven, for a few minutes here, we're going to look at this Ephesians 4, 4 through 6. There's a definition. God is our Father not only in that he is our creator, but that he is also our redeemer. That means he bought us back. This, this is what distinguishes the Christian's relationship to God and what allows us to relate to him as father, as daddy, as Abba. In the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, Jehovah, God, is the father of Yisrael. Israel is his son. And in the text of God forgiving and redeeming Israel, while the Jews of Yeshua's day were hesitant to call God their father and angry at Jesus for doing so, Yeshua claimed God as his father and taught his followers to do the same. God is the Father and is also the Son whom the Father sent to carry out his plan of redemption. What distinguishes the Son from the Father is not the quality of his being, which is just as divine as the Father's is, but the functioning of their relationship, according to which the Son had come into the world to do the Father's will. We relate to God as Father, therefore, through Yeshua the Son, sharing in his sonship through the adoption we receive through Christ, his redeeming work for us. Well, today, Christians take it for granted that God is our Father, but few people start to think what this name really means. We know that Yeshua taught his disciples to pray, and I said this earlier, our Father. And that the Aramaic word, Abba, Father, is one of the few that Yeshua used and that it has remained untranslated in our New Testament. Nowadays, hardly anybody finds this strange and many people are surprised, John, to discover that the Jews of Jesus' death, Yeshua's day, even his own disciples were puzzled by his teaching. This is because the deeper meaning and the wider implications of the term father are largely unknown today. So widespread and generally accepted has the name become that we no longer question it. And so we often fail to realize how important it is for our understanding of God the Father. We know that Yeshua taught his disciples to pray, our Father, 
And we also said that the Aramaic word Abba, Father, is one of the few that Yeshua used and that is, has remained untranslated in the New Testament. Well, this is because, now listen, the deeper meaning and the wider implications of the term Father are largely unknown. Now, pre-Christian understandings of God as Father. Yeshua caused a reaction when he talked about God as his Father. But did he invent that idea? Were there no precedents in Judaism or perhaps even among pagans for his teaching? Yeshua's assertion that God was his father first occurred in a debate about the Shabbat, Sabbath, which was yesterday, a day of rest. Yeshua claimed that it was proper for him to perform healings on the Sabbath because in his words, my father is working until now and I am working. John 5 and 17. In other words, although God rested on the seventh day from his work of creation, his work of preservation and ultimately of redemption was still ongoing. And moreover, Yeshua associated his own ministry with that continuing work of the Father, raising the question of their relationship in a way that antagonized his fellow Jews. As the gospel records, that was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making him equal, himself equal with God. <laughs> John 5 and 18. I'm not making none of this stuff up. You can read it for yourself. <laughs> was the reaction of the Jews justified? Well, the Tanakh, we know it as the Old Testament, seldom uses the word father as a description of God. But there are at least two important texts in which it does so. Both of them are found towards the end of Isaiah and occur in the context of sin and repentance. The first one reads like this, Isaiah 63, 16 and 17. You are our father through Abraham, though Abraham does not know us and Israel does not acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer from O is your name. At your leisure, Isaiah 63, 16 and 17, it's right there. The second reads, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not our iniquity forever. Isaiah 64, verse 8 and 9. At first sight, it might appear that Isaiah was calling God Father because he was Israel's creator. But matters are not as simple as that. God was the creator of every human being, not just of Israel. But he had not established a covenant relationship with everyone. It is clear from the way that Isaiah addressed him that he regarded Israel's connection to God as something special. How many know that his relationship to you and me is something special and different from what could be said about the entire human race? Because we're either his child or we're just his creation. If you accept Yeshua HaMashiach, that's Jesus the Messiah, as your Lord and as your Savior, he, you are daddy's child. <laughs> you, are his, you are his daughter, you are his son. If you don't accept Yeshua HaMashiach, you're just part of his creation. 
That eliminates Buddha, might have been a great man. That eliminates Muhammad, might have been a great man. That eliminates Sun Young Moon, might have been a great man. That eliminates Hare Krishna, might have been a great man. That eliminates Charles Taz Russell, Joseph E. Smith, that eliminates all them cats, they still in the grave. Yeshua HaMashiach rose from the dead and he's still alive and living color, a man in heaven. And that's what makes the difference between us and them. And we, he's established this personal relationship with us. God has addressed his father, not because he is Israel's creation, but because he is Israel's redeemer, which reveals the nature of the special relationship that God has with his chosen people. The covenant text of God's fatherhood is also expressed in other Old Testament texts, although the word father is not specifically mentioned. Consider, for example, the words of Moshe, Tobiah, we know him as Moses. He's got 10 different names, I just said two of them. You are the sons of the Lord your God, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Deuteronomy 14, one and two. Some analogous appears in Psalms 103. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. There's not enough fear for God today. And I don't mean being scared of him. There's not enough reverence to our father today. There's not enough reverence to the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit who lives within us. There's not enough reverence to Yeshua. But this morning we're talking about Av Lakal, the father of us all. Similarly, in Jeremiah, we find the following, Jeremiah 31 and 20. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he my darling child? For as often as I speak against him, I do remember him still. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, declares the Lord. In each of these cases, the underlining theme is that God the Father, Yehovah, yod heh bav -Hey, that's a name for God, that's Y-H-V-H, -H. it's known as the Tetragrammaton, long $50 word, look that name up, Tetragrammaton, yod heh bav -Hey, a name for God. Now remember, God is just his title. It's just his title, but he has many names. The underlining theme is that God is the father of Israel. He has chosen the Israelites as his children, and because he has done so, he will redeem them in spite of their sinfulness. His fatherhood is expressed in that covenant context and will make no sense apart from it. Yahshua, Jesus, he brought this dimension out when he challenged the Jewish assumption that they were the children of Abraham just as he was. He acknowledged their claim in a way, but went on to say that in fact, both he and they were doing the work of their spiritual fathers who were not the same. Yeshua was doing the work of God, his father, but his Jewish opponents were doing the work of the devil, whom Yeshua said was their true father, not Abraham. If you find yourself doing something that's contrary to this, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because you don't, you, you wanna do 
you want to stick with this from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation 22. And, and, and do we get this right all the time? Absolutely not. I've, I've, been, I've been preaching the gospel since 1996, somewhere thereabout. And I do my best to aim toward perfection. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. Does the word perfect mean perfect? It means mature. I am maturing in the things of God. I'm walking in maturity. I aim toward perfection, but I let the Torah, the first five books, that's hitting the mark. Sinning is missing the mark. So I start with the Torah, work my way through the Haftarah, that's the prophets and the teachings, and work my way through the Berit Hadashah, that's the New Testament. So I do my best to stick with this, and every decision that I need, I tried my best to find it, because nothing's new under the sun in this book. Nothing. So Yeshua was doing the work of God his father, but his Jewish opponents were doing the work of the devil, whom Yeshua said was their true father, not Abraham. This so angered the Jews that they were moved to cry out that God is our father. A recognition of the very thing that they were criticizing Yeshua for saying, but a claim to which the Old Testament bears witness. So although it did not come naturally to the Jews when provoked in this way, they were prepared to admit that God was their father in the covenantal sense. Non-Jewish people were quite different from this. Often they were prepared to recognize the existence of a divine father figure, as we see that uh, the name Jupiter, father, love, but it was not always clear what that meant. For some, their father, small g-o-d, was a creator. But for others, and especially for Platonists in the New Testament times, the father was a hidden deity who dwelt above the heavens and had no direct contact with material things. Instead, he had a mind that produced thoughts and ideas, which was the creator um, demurge is a D-E-M-I-U-R-G-E who made the world. That's that false, small G-O-D God. The reason for this distinction was that the Platonists knew that the world was, is imperfect and so it could not have been made by the Father directly. In the early church, there were people whom we call Gnostics who took over this way of thinking. They believed that Yeshua was the son of the hidden father, whom he had sent in order to redeem the world from the work of the inferior creator. No Christian could accept that idea. However, because the biblical revelation makes it clear that the creator and the redeemer are the same God. The God of the Bible is the creator of all human beings but the father only of those whom he intends to redeem and it was his son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, that he revealed this purpose to those whom he had chosen for salvation. It's in the book. I ain't making it up. Yeshua and his father. Now listen to this. We as, and I like to call myself a, a Talmud. I'm a disciple. I'm a student of the word. I like a Berean. I search the scriptures. But we as disciples or Christians call God our Father because that is what Yeshua taught his disciples to do. 
He did this not in order to emphasize that God was their creator, though of course he was, but because he was their redeemer. Yeshua had a unique relationship with God the Father that he wanted to share with his followers. And during his time on this planet we call Earth, he was quite clear about this. He who has seen me has seen the Father. He said it in John 14 and 9. I and the Father are one, John 10 and 30. There were some in the early church who interpreted these verses like these to mean that Yeshua was himself the Father merely appearing on earth in disguise. That view cannot be accepted. However, because of many other occasions, Yeshua either spoke to his Father or referred to him in ways that make it clear that the Father is a different person. This is particularly obvious in his words on the cross when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Luke 23 and 34 and Luke 23 and 46. There's no doubt that he was not talking to himself. At the same time, it is also clear from the Barit Hadashah, the New Testament, that Yeshua had the authority of the Father to say and do the things recorded of him in the Gospels and that what he did was the work of God. A good example of this occurs in Mark's Gospel when Yeshua demonstrated to a skeptical audience that he had the power to forgive sins a prerogative that God, that belongs to God alone. Mark 2, 6 through 12. His critics were therefore right to say that in calling himself the son, Yeshua was making himself equal to God because father and son share the same nature. What distinguishes the son from the father is not the equality of his being, which is just as divine as the father's is, but the functioning of their relationship according to which the son had come into the world to do the father's will. How many, you know, you know if, you, if you've seen Rolls Royces, there's a double R on the, on, the, on the hood. I get past the relationship. I, like, I mean, I get past the religion. I like the relationship. If you look at that double R, get past the religion, get with the relationship. Have that personal, intimate relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, yet one God. And I don't want to confuse you now. I'm a son to... And both of my parents have made that transition. But I'm a son to William and Ernie Hodges. I'm a father to Ebony and Stephen and Dennis and Dennis, who's in heaven, and Brenna. I'm a, I'm a father to them. But I'm a husband to Deborah Hodges. So it's just one of me, but I got three officers. Just one of me. Yeshua revealed that the Father had decided to redeem the world, not by himself, but through his Son. The Barit Hadashah, the New Testament, never explains why the Father and the Son are related to each other in this way. All that we can say is that both of them are eternally present in the triunity, but why one of them is the Father and the other is the Son is a mystery hidden from our eyes, John 1, 1, 2, 3. What we do know is that it was the Father's plan to save his chosen people and that the Son voluntarily agreed to become a man in order to carry out the Father's intentions. Philippians 2, 5 through 8. How about the Father and us? Father and Son remain distinct persons, but they work together for the salvation of those who have been chosen. The Father is revealed to us as the principle of the Godhead, the one who plans the work of salvation and who sends the Son in order to carry it out. 
The son pleads for us in the presence of the father and the father forgives us because of the son's intercession on our behalf. We are encouraged to pray to the father and enabled to do so because the son has united us to him in his death and resurrection. Galatians 2 and 20. Yes, yes, say that one again. Hallelujah. By this act, Yeshua has associated us with himself as his siblings. We, he said, I no longer, <laughs> you're my servant. You, I, no, you're, I no longer call you servant, you're my friend. He's our big brother, Yeshua's our big brother, but this morning we're talking about Abba Lakal, the father of us all. So if we got that intimate and personal relationship with the father, it dwells down with the son and then the Ruach HaKadosh, he just takes charge. The difference is that he is the divine and sinless son of the father by nature, whereas we are sinners who have been adopted by him. Yeshua himself said as much when he told Mary of Magdala after his resurrection to go to his disciples whom he now called his brothers and tell them what was about to happen. Do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. John 20 and 17. By nature, we are not children of God. By, but as his creatures, we have nothing in common with his divine being. But by the indwelling presence of his spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, we have been integrated into the life of the Trinity of God. That's good news we can use, isn't it? That ought to be an amen shout right there. It is because of this presence of the Spirit in us that we are able to approach the Father and have a personal, intimate relationship with Him. As Paul wrote to the Galatians, Galatians 4, 6 and 7, at your leisure read it. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. In practical terms, the relationship that the son has given us with God the Father is analogous to his own. In the son, we have become heirs of the father's kingdom, co-rulers with him, and even judges of the angels. 1 Corinthians 6 and 3. This high calling comes with a price tag. For just as a son glorified his father while on earth, so we too are called to glorify him while on earth. John 17, one through 26. We cannot do this in our own strength, but only in and through the relationship that the father has entered into with us through the son and the Holy Spirit. Through Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Just as everything they do is done in relation to the Father, so everything that we are called to do must also be done in the context of obedience to his will. It is the Father that we pray through the Son and in the Spirit because that is the pattern of our relationship to God that he has revealed to us. We pray to the Father because our Creator is also our Redeemer and it is in that redeeming love that we know Him as Av Lakal, the Father of us all. And let the church say, 
And let the church say, Amen. And let the church say, Amen. Of the call, the father of us all. We have a privilege. We have, we have the, man, this is, this is a, the Lord has, check this out. Just as if you was the only person, John, walking the planet, and he has established a personal relationship with you. And, and everyone in here, under the sound of my voice, think about that. If you was just the only person walking on the planet, and he's established God who put all this in place through Yeshua, he's established this personal, intimate relationship with you. We can't help but behave correctly under the guidance and directive of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. We, when we want to do things our own way and go contrary to this, that's when the Holy Spirit kicks in and starts convicting us. He convicts us so we can get back on track. As saved Christians, as saved disciples, we are no longer condemned. Condemnation only comes to those who are unbelievers. But we can be convicted. We can be convicted by the Holy Spirit. You know, when you're trying to tell somebody, you're trying to help somebody in their walk, well, don't judge me. You're condemning me. No. If you're an unbeliever, you're already condemned. What I'm trying to do is help you. And I need you to help me too. Because no one is exempt from needing help from the Holy Spirit. Because, again, the word perfect in the Bible means mature. That means that we grow. We're growing in the things of God. And that's why we're on this side of the cross. Everything that we say, everything that we think, every way that we respond, we want to count the cost and ask yourself, am I bringing glory? Am I bringing honor? And I'm bring, am I bringing praise to him who ruined into my nostrils and I became a living being? We were created for one reason and one reason alone, that God would be glorified. God would be magnified. Hasatan would be terrified. And the people around you would be edified. That was the only reason we were created. We wasn't created to hate one another. We wasn't created to cuss one another out. We wasn't created to have a, be in adulterous affairs. We wasn't created to fornicate. We wasn't created to be in a homosexual relationship. We wasn't created to be in a lesbian relationship. We weren't created to be lying to one another. We weren't created to be gossiping about one another. We weren't created from a man to change himself to a man to a woman, or a woman to a man. We weren't created to do none of that. We were created to live according to the word of God. If it's in the book, go by the book. Some people will say I'm saying hate speech. No, I'm just repeating what the word said. But I love everybody. Because you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made by the same God that fearfully and wonderfully made me. How can I hate you? I don't. If I hate you, I hate myself. But because I love you, 
I'm going to tell you the truth. And the truth is not an object. The truth is a person. I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14 and 6. I didn't make that up. It's in the book. So at your leisure, when you leave this building this morning, again, you are the church if you're saved and sanctified and filled with his precious Holy Spirit, with the Redeemer, with you've been redeemed. When you leave this building, ask yourself, do I have that intimacy, do I have that intimate personal relationship with Abba Father, with Daddy? Do I have that intimate personal relationship with the Son, Yeshua HaMashiach? Do I have, now, not three gods, just one. Do I have that intimate personal relationship with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, who has taken up residency within my heart? Do I have that? Do I have that, me? Ask yourself that personally. Am I loving everybody? Am I telling the truth out this book? And I guarantee you, the Holy Spirit will respond to you and he'll tell you what you need to do and what you need not to do. Because this book has all the lessons of life right here in it. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22 and I think verse 21, the last verse. If you're here this morning and you have not accepted Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, in your heart. There's a Roman road that we can take. Romans 3 and 23 says that we all have fallen short. We all, not you, we all have fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 5 and 8 says that God demonstrated his love for us yet when we were practicing sinners. Romans 6 and 23 says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life. Romans 7, Rabbi Shaul, Paul the Apostle, he penned and he said, I do those things that I do. I don't know why I do them. It's not me that does them, but it's the sin that's in me. He went on to continue to pen, therefore now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 9 through 11 are for the Jewish people to let them know that the church has not replaced Israel. There's a lot of people teaching replacement theology. The God, Israel is still God's people. We have been grafted in. We have been grafted in, so we're part of Israel as well. We, we're part of the family. And right now, as I said last night, we're in a family meeting. We're in a family meeting, meeting with one another. I'm a dark shade of brown person. You, you're a light shade of brown people, a brown person. There's a medium shade of brown. Ain't no such thing as a black person or a white person. Ain't no such thing. Don't nobody look like this. And don't nobody look like this. We're all different shades of brown and we all bleed red. But we gotta love one another. Stand together with one another. This year, the theme at the Church of Yeshua HaMashiach is COVID-19. Christ overcomes viruses and infectious diseases. (laughs) 
And, and the scriptures are found in Joshua 1 and 9. Be strong and courageous in the power of God. And Psalms 19, 7 through 14. Let the words from my mouth and the meditations of my heart be accepted. For you are my rock and my redeemer. And I've been praying. I, I take my sabbatical in the month of August. And I've been praying since January to ask the Lord to give me a new theme for next year. Because that's when, that's when I plan for next year. And I give assignments for, for my ministers, and I give different themes of the month. But he gave me this for the theme for the year, for next year. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna uncover it right now. United we stand, divided we fall. Ha Satan, ha is the, Satan is the devil. He don't want none of us to be united. That's why we're in the divided states of America now. Republican this, Democrat this, black this, white that. The Lord says, be of one mind. Be of one mind. I'm not here to tell you who to vote for. I don't do that. I'm not that guy. But what I will do is, what I will say is I'm biblical and not political. I'm biblical. So stick with the word of God, because it's him that will make you free. And if, we, if, we, if, if I move from Romans 8 and go to Romans 10, it says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Daddy, Abba Father, raised Yahshua, Jesus, from the dead, the Bible says you shall be saved. But out of the mouth is confession unto salvation, and out of the heart is unto righteousness. If you have yet not done that, come up here so I can pray for you and, and lead you to him. If that's you, come. Come, come, come. Come. If you need prayer and you need, the pastors are ready to pray for you. You need somebody to pray for you and, and lay hands and to touch and, and, and whisper in your ear how the Lord loves you. If that's you, for whatever you might be fighting or dealing with, come on up here so we can pray. If that's you, come. Come. Prayer, prayer is powerful. Come, don't let the enemy hold you in your seat. Because the enemy will tell you, no, you don't need to go up there. Come, so that we can come before the throne room of grace together. If that's you, come. We all got issues. Every last one of us, we got issues. If you say you ain't got an issue, you're lying. We all got issues. And we want to bring it before the throne room of grace. See, these are brave folk right here. Come. Come. There you go. Come. 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 Yes. Again, again, the Lord loves you so much. The Lord loves you so much. He died for you so that you can live. And, and trust me, you're not the only ones. I got issues. 
I go before him every day to help me in my issues. Because I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be, I don't want to be seen as someone saying hate speech. I don't want to do that. I just teach from the word. Now I might teach a little harsh, well, that's part of my character. I worked in the penitentiary 32 years. What can I say? Avino Malkainu, our father, our king, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yishrael, we honor you this morning and we bless your holy name. Father, your people have come to the altar to lay their cares and their burdens to you. Have them now, leave them here at the altar and not take it back to their seats. And to know that you are a deliverer you are a healer, and you are the one that sets one free. So, Father, bless them in every area of their life. You know their needs. You know their desires. You know what they're here for. I ask that you would reach and touch them in every way with your miracle-working hand, because you're still a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. We thank you for all the miracles that you performed way back when you were on the planet but we still feel those miracles here today and you a man up in heaven. And we say thank you. You are Jehovah Yaira, our provider. You are Jehovah Nisi, our banner. You are Jehovah Shalom, our God of peace. So help these your people express with the attitude of gratitude the fruit, the nine elements of the fruit of the spirit that they are to love others who don't love them, that they are to experience joy when there is none around them, that they are to have shalom, shalom, perfect peace, that they are to be patient because you are long-suffering, you are a patient God, that they are to be kind to their neighbor, that they are to be gentle. I need help with that, that gentleness piece, Father. I need it. Faithful, and most of all, that last element, self-control. So, Father, we, we thank you. I thank you for them stepping up. These are your heroes and sheroes because they're here to be prayed for. So touch them like only you can because you're still a miracle-working God. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you. We worship, we magnify, and we adore you. This is your servant's prayer on their behalf. As I intercede on their behalf, as Yeshua, you are interceding as well on their behalf. And we thank you for crying out to Abba Father, our Daddy, Av Lakal, the Father of us all. We love you, we honor you, and we praise you. And we say it in the matchless self-sacrificing name of Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, that every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, and only that name that one can be saved. And we as men and women of Yehovah touch an agreement and let the church say, Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Maranatha Chapel. 
If you haven't already, please subscribe for weekly messages. Feel free to share this podcast and join us for our weekend services held Saturday evening or Sunday morning. Visit our website at www.maranathachapel.org for more information.